Welcome everybody. Thanking you for joining us today on this uh, final session of the fifth series of Ibn Arabi and the geometry of uh, reality. Today, I am really happy to introduce, uh, to, to, to be the host of uh, Luca Patrizzi, who is a longtime friend. Luca is a, is a, is a scholar on uh, Sufism and Islamic studies. He obtained his PhD in co-tutoring at the universities of uh, Aix-Marseille and Le Orient of Naples. I hope I'm pronouncing them correctly. Orientale. Orientale, Orientale of Naples. He's been a research fellow at the universities of Geneva, at the Sorbonne in Paris and Bonn, and currently at the Institute of Arab and Islamic Studies at the University of Exeter. He is also a lecturer in Islamic studies at the University of uh, Turin. Further, Luca is also my co-representative of Mias Latina in Italy, and he helped recently organize and coordinate Mias Three Days Italian Symposium earlier this year in Calabria at the University of Calabria, which was kindly host hosted by uh, Alberto Ventura. Today, Luca will speak to us about the mysterious language Suriania, which some traditions believe it to be a silent language. So I really hope for the benefit of most of us that he will present in English and not in Suriania. So the Suriania language in Islamic esotericism. Uh, in the written and oral legacy of Islamic esotericism, there sometimes appear obscure references to a mysterious language one which only a few great masters know and teach to a chosen few. It is also described as the language of the esoteric hierarchy of the saints. Since the term which is used to define this language is Suriania, Aloha Suriania, a confusion has often occurred between this language and the historical Syriac language, both in old sources and contemporary studies. Actually, as we shall see, the esoteric Suriania language displays various dimensions. The first dimension is related to its primordiality, associated with the sacred history of Adam and other prophets. The second dimension, always in relation with the first, is connected to its supernatural nature which makes it an instrument of communication with the invisible intermediary world, the world of angels and supernatural beings, such as the jinns. Finally, the Suriania reveals a third dimension that we will discuss in particular, since it is considered as the esoteric language of saints in Sufism. If only occasional references to this language are to be found in the works of Ibn Arabi, we will see that some important aspects of it are disclosed by other later important Sufi masters. We start with the primordial dimension. And first of all, we must say that speculations about the primordial language can be found in various religious contexts. The different religions usually identify this language with the language of their sacred books, 
For instance, Hindu doctrines identify Sanskrit with the primordial language, considering Veda as a direct transcription of the divine language. Likewise, Judaism identifies this language with biblical Hebrew. In Christian sources too, there are discordant opinions, some indicating Hebrew while other Syriac, which according to some opinions was also the actual language spoken by Jesus. Then the confusion between historical Syriac and the Suryaniya language must be prevented by explaining that both are actually written in Arabic in the same way, namely Suryani or Asuryaniya. And this, uh, this term, Asuryaniya or Suryani, derive, derives from the Syriac term Suryaya, which derives from the name of one of the sons of Sam, cited in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew Bible, Asur, or rather Ashur, considering the word comp composed by the Semitic article Al and Shur or Sur. The second form, Ashur, is in Persian. It, it's, it's not Arabic, it's Persian. And the first one is Hebrew, as you can see. From this term also derives the ancient name Assyria, as well as the name of its population, the Assyrians. Even if it is not in the same geographical position, the current name of Syria, Surya, derives from this ancient name. The name of the main, main deity of the Assyrians also is Asur or Ashur, a solar deity, probably related to the mysterious Zoroastrian Faravahar, which displays a very similar iconography. Some researchers see also a connection between Asur and the Indo-European term Surya, which means sun and indicates a deity of Hinduism and which refers to an ancient phase of solar worship cults. As far as uh, Islamic sources are concerned, alongside the opinion that identifies the primordial language in Arabic, we find another more prevalent opinion that identifies it with the Suryaniya. We can mention two of uh, these sources among uh, the most relevant ones. For instance, Al-Masoudi in the Middles of Gold states that the language of humanity between Adam and Noah was the Suryaniya, while in other passages, it states that the Suryaniya was the language of humanity until the collapse of the Tower of Babel. And this was also the mother tongue of Ismail, to whom God later taught Arabic. In the same epoch, Ibn Nadim states that God spoke to Adam in Nabati, the Nabatean, which is the purest of the Suryani dialects used by the inhabitants of Babel until the confusion of languages and reports another tradition according to which an angel taught the first man the writing of the Suryaniya. In the Epistles of the Brethren of Purity, Rasail e Juan Asafa, 
written approximately around the second half of the 10th century, we find an interesting development of the same thought. In the chapter entitled Knowledge about the Primordial Letters, the Breton of Purity states that God taught Adam nine signs, alamat, or letters, horuf, a synthetic language, from which all the other languages would later be derived. And these nine signs were none other than the nine numbers from one to nine, which according to them had been transmitted to the Arabs by the Indians. And these are the same numbers that were later transmitted from the Arabs to the Europeans, which is why they are still called Arabic numerals nowadays. Adam knew the names and qualities of all things through these nine signs. The situation remained unchanged until the children of Adam multiplied. They spoke an oral version of the Suryaniya with no written text. According to the Brethren of Purity, this was because the language did not need to be developed due to the small number of people using it. And since there, and since there were no stories from the past to be transmitted, generation followed one another. And with the increase in population and man's needs, God began to send prophets and to teach men the art of writing. At the same time, wise and learned men began to manifest themselves among people, starting to transmit the stories of the past. Finally, the number of letters increased to 28, the number of letters of the Arabic language, which is the perfect number of letters, just as Arabic is the perfect language according to the opinion of the Brethren of Purity. And we also know that the Arabic letters have preserved and developed this original numerical value. Alongside the conception, this conception of Suryaniya as a primordial language, and as well as an historical language in which Aramaic, Syriac, and Nabatean are sometimes confused in Arabic sources, two other parallel conceptions have spread within the context, context of Islamic esoteric doctrines. With regard to the first conception, the Suryaniya is a supernatural language that allows the communication with the intermediate invisible world, in particular with the supernatural creatures of Islamic cosmology, angels and jinn. It is therefore very common to find transcriptions of this language in works related to magic in Arabic literature. In particular, series of names of supernatural creatures, both angelic and demonic, are mentioned in these works in the Suryaniya language. The pronunciation of these names would enable the evocation and the control of these creatures. These names would be the same with this name would be the same one known in the Greco-Roman tradition through the generic appellative of nomina barbara, which means foreign names in Latin. This language has the characteristic of resembling the historical Syriac from a phonetic point, point of view, but it is not identical to it in the sense that people familiar with the historical and modern Syriac language 
are not able to read this language. Among the authors in whose works we can find mention of the Suriania from a magical point of view, we can mention Ahmad al-Buni, a controversial author, contemporary of Ibn Arabi, considered a magician by some specialists and the Sufi by others. Among his works, we find a commentary on the, lit on the litany called Al-Jalalutiya Al-Kubra, attributed to Ali ibn Abi Talib, which contains several seals he called Syriac names, Al-Asma Asuriania, the Syriac names. With regard to the second conception, elaborated in particular in Sufi environment, the Suriania is an esoteric language through which the members of the hierarchy of the saints, the assembly of saints, the one al-Awliya, communicate each other. Actually, this dimension overlaps with the first one because in some Sufi sources, as we will see, this esoteric language is identified with the primordial language spoken by Adam in paradise. The ability to understand and speak the esoteric Suriania is sometimes associated with the quality of a specific saint to be Ummi, namely that he had no regular training in reading and writing. A quality that the Quran and the Islamic tradition attribute in particular to the prophet Muhammad and which highlight a type of spiritual revelation that is called al-ilm al-ladun, the infused science that comes directly and exclusively from God, descending on the prophets and upon certain saints. More generally, we are dealing with the specific spiritual charisma, which is usually called gift of languages or speaking in tongues, or with a more technical term, glossolalia or gibberish, the ability to speak in different languages or to speak the language of angels or the language of animals, and in particular, the language of the birds mentioned in the famous Quranic verse. And Solomon succeeded David. He said, people, we have been taught the language of birds and we have been given a share of everything. This is clearly a great favor. There are constant references to this ability in religious texts and in the lives of saints at every age and latitude. One of the most interesting medieval examples is the manuscript attributed to the famous Christian saint Hildegard of Bingen, written in totally unknown languages and uh, entitled Lingua Ignota. This is a manuscript of this text of Hildegard von Binden, and this is one detail in which there is uh, a transcription in this language of the uh, Latin letters. Until, until now, no one uh, has been able to uh, decipher this book. The first uh, Sufi master to whom agiographic sources attribute the infused ability to read ancient languages, in particular Egyptian hieroglyphics, as well as to understand the Suriania, is the celebrated Zunun al-Misri, the only Sufi master to whom Ibn Arabi has dedicated a special biography. With regards to Ibn Arabi, to my knowledge, 
there are only a few valid references to Surianiya in his work. Stefan Irtenstein drew my attention to the titles of two chapters of the Futurat al Makia, already mentioned by Stefan and Pablo Benito in a footnote of their translation of Ibn Arabi's weekly, weekly Aurad, The Seven Days of the Art. The two titles are respectively the chapter uh, 200, 299, Al Makama Suryani, and the chapter 3, 354, Al Manzil Al Aqsa Suryani, that uh, Stephen and Pablo relate to the original primordial Adamic nature. I have read uh, the, two the two chapters but they have not found direct references to Suryania outside the titles. And they have not been able to connect from a symbolic point of view, uh, the two titles to the two chapters. No doubt someone else, maybe among you would be able to do it. There is another reference to Suryania in the Futuhat, still in the section of the mansions, the Fasl al-Manazil, uh, in particular, the chapter 341 entitled on the knowledge of the mention of the loyal conformity to the secrets. But in this case, it concerns the historical Syriac because Ibn Arabi states that the mother of the book, Umar Kitab, is the one for whom the revealed books came out and from, from whom the languages are differentiated. In this context, besides Arabic, Hebrew, and Syriac, Suryani. Stefan also pointed out to me another reference to Suryania, again in the Aurad of Ibn Arabi, because in the Tuesday morning prayer, we find these verses. You have released the primordial spirits upon the plains of divine knowledge, where they become bewildered and wander and wander about amidst the illusions of their Syriac subtleties, Lataif Asuriani. Ibn Arabi in this verse seems to, to refer precisely to the initial phase of existence when primordial spirits were manifested by God in a spiritual landscape of pure knowledge in which they wandered around aimlessly using subtle, allusive and non-verbal language the Suryaniya. In the passage, it seems that Ibn Arabi is even referring to a phase prior to the Alastubirabbikum mentioned in the Quran, the primordial moment in which God stipulated the covenant with all beings who would be created. As we shall see, some successors of Ibn Arabi will be more explicit about the nature of the esoteric Suryaniya. Uh, an Akbarian master uh, after Ibn Arabi, Abdul Karim al-Jili, in his famous book, The Universal Man, an Insan al-Kamil, states that both the Zabur, the sacred book revealed to the prophet David, and the Injil revealed to Jesus, according to the Quran, were revealed by God in the Syriac language, al-Suryaniya, but it is not clear to which dimension of Suryaniya Algiri is referring. 
Many, reference, many references to the Suriniya may be found in the work of Abdel Wahab Basharani, a prominent Egyptian scholar, a Sufi, who according to Michel Chokhevit, was the main transmitter and disseminator of Ibn Arabi's works from the 16th century onward. In his collection of biographies of Sufi saints, Tabakat al-Kubra, Sharani relates that his main teacher, Ali al-Khawas, who was Ummi illiterate, often began to speak in incomprehensible language that sounded Jewish or Syriac in the same way as another of his teachers, Muhammad al-Sarawi, who spoke Hebrew, Syriac, and even Persian when he was in an intense spiritual state. In another passage of the Tabakat, uh, he introduced the famous Egyptian saint uh, Ibrahim al Suki, and he said, he says that also Ibrahim al Suki spoke Syriac, Hebrew, Persian, Ethiopian, and all the languages of the birds and wild animals. And then he then reports fragments of writings that the Sufi would have left to his disciples composed of words in a mysterious language. As you can see, it's really difficult to read. We can only try to, to read some passages. It's not Arabic, it's not, uh, it's not even Syriac. I, I showed it to, to a colleague who is a specialist of Syriac and he told me, no, I cannot read it. Uh, it can be glossolalia, I mean, uh, a kind of mystical, uh, uh, mystical language. Uh, but we can uh, notice that in other edition of the same text, miraculously, miraculously, these passages in Suriania disappear. And this is really worrying because for the puritanical zeal of some publishers, we might miss important parts of other texts. Sharani also reports an interesting statement attributed to Adasuki, the following one. When knower reaches the spiritual degree of knowledge, Makamal Erfan, God gives him a knowledge without intermediaries, without intermediation. And he, when the knower achieves the degree of spiritual knowledge, Makamal Erfan, God allows him to inherit a knowledge without intermediation, and he obtains science with a hidden on the tablets of spiritual meaning, meanings, al-wah, al-ma'ani, and he understands their symbols and he knows their gifts. In it, there are its talismans, tilasmat, and the science of his names and his decree. Then God communicates to him the science stored in the points, anukat, or in the diacritical points. And if it were not for the fear of incurring blame by pronouncing them, the intellects would be blinded. He also receives the knowledge of different foreign languages, the science of the letters, the inner meaning of grammar, and understands what is written on the leaves of the trees, on the water, on the air, on the earth, and on the sea and what is written on the surface of the Emily vault, and what is written on the foreheads of men and jeans 
about their destiny in this world and in the other, and what is written without writing over the above and under the underneath. It's a very beautiful passage. And it is interesting to notice that in the modern edition, this passage is provided with a funny footnote stating, la dalil sharay ala dalika. There is no legal indication about this, meaning neither from the Quran nor from the Sunnah. A phrase that shows the level of banalizations connected to the contemporary reformist mentality even of those who produce critical editions of Sufi texts. Again, in the Tabakat as Sufiya, Sharani states that another saint, Muhammad Wafa, would have composed enigmatic books written in an incomprehensible foreign language between seven and 10 years of age. In a passage of another of his works entitled Al-Jawahir wa Durar, the gems and the pearls, formula with which he indicates the words of his master, Ali Akhawas, Sharani reports a dialogue with his master about Suryania. I ask our master, how did Adam and his children preserve the book and the norms if no one knew the scripture at that time, since God did not teach it to anyone in the world universe? He replied, Adam and his children, thanks to their superior knowledge, forgot very little. They had learned the names of the letters, they spoke and expressed the meaning by allusion, but none of them wrote with their own hand with the calamus. Moreover, none of them learned the language, but they kept it in mind because of the small number of its words and letters. All men on earth in that age were nomads and communication was reserved for what was strictly necessary. There were no stories from the past, and in the book they preserved, there, were, there was no memory of who had lived before them. This is because the language of angels, which is the Suryania language, is not written on material bodies, but its matter are the spiritual substances, al-Jawahir and Afsaniya. This situation remained unaltered until changes occurred in their condition their knowledge diminished and their forgetfulness grew. Narrations increased and knowledge of the chronicles of past ages became necessary. Then God made the art of writing manifest to them as a benefit and mercy on his part. Then I asked him, but when Adam descended in India, did God teach him the Indian or Arabic letters? And he answered, he taught him the Indian letters, which are none other than these nine forms, uh, one, two, three, four, four, etc., etc., which gather in themselves the wall of all that exists. In them, the wall of meanings is concentrated, and the parts of each calculation and all the numbers are summarized. Through these letters, Adam learned all the names of things and their attributes, brought to existence by the forms and aspects of the letters. Adam and his children continued in this way until the number of his children grew. They spoke the Suryania. Then the sky took the form it was supposed to take following the changes that occurred with Adam's death. The number of letters increased and all things began to increase and expand until the number of 28 letters 
that constitute the Arabic language, seal of the letters and seal of the languages was completed. And according to the law of the prophet, there will not be any addition until the coming of the hour. End of the passage. And as you can see, the peculiarity of this passage is that it is almost a literal quotation from the Brethren of Purity passage mentioned above. After the epoch of Sharani, another saint dealt with the Suriania language in an even more complete way, the Moroccan master Abdelaziz Adabad, who shares with the master of Sharani, Ali al-Khawas, his status as an illiterate saint gratified by the infused knowledge. One of the disciples of Adabar, Ahmad Ibn Mubarak al-Lamati, brought down his words in the book, Pure Gold from the Words of Sayyidi Abdelaziz Adabar. The discussion about the Surania is long, and so I try to summarize the main passages. Alamati begins by reporting to his teacher a sentence in an unknown language that a man of his time had heard from the mouth of Ibrahim Adasuki during an apparition in front of his grave. Adabar replies that this sentence is in Suriania. He gives the translation into Arabic, stating that Adasuki was one of the greatest saints who reached a very high spiritual degree and therefore was among those who knew Suriania. Adabar then states that the Suriania is the language of the spirits and the saints were members of the Diwan al Awliya, the Supreme Assembly of the Saints, speak to each other and, and, the, and the members of the Assembly of the Saints speak to each other in this language because it is concise and at the same time immensely meaningful. When asked whether the Arabic language is at the level of the Suriania, Adabar replies that only the language of the Quran is at its level. According to Adabar, the Suriania, unlike other languages, is not composed of words, but of alphabet letters, and each letter conveys a meaning. The letters joined together are like words joined in the sentences in other languages, and the Suriania is spread in other languages through the individual letters. He gives the example of the proper name Ahmad, which in Suriania is composed of the five meanings of its letters. The Suriania is therefore the root of all languages. Only those who have experienced the great revelation, Al-Kashf al-Kabir, as well as the angels, can speak this language. Adabar also refers to Adam, stating that he spoke the Suriania when he descended from paradise because it is the language of the inhabitants of paradise. According to him, the prophet saying, according to which the language of paradise is Arabic, is not authentic. In a really interesting and original passage, Adabar states that if one looks at the language of children, he will find in it, in it words, he will, he will find in it words in Suriania. And this because Adam spoke to his children in Suriania and taught men the names of things in this language, names that they later taught their children and so on from generation to generation. Something of this remained innate in the children. Moreover, 
as long as the children are fed with mother's milk, their spirit is connected to the heavenly angelic assemblies, which they dream in their sleep. And so they perceive something of their language, which is Suriania. And therefore, some of the proto-words pronounced by the infants are actually in Suriania. It is possible to learn this language by attending those who are part of the Wana Laurea, who always speaks, who always speak Suriania, except when the Prophet Muhammad is among them, in which case they speak Arabic out of respect for him. The interrogation of the two angels in the tomb after death is in Suriania, and Al-Dabbal focuses in details on the questions and on their meanings. Ad-Dabbar then responds to a series of questions about non-Arabic terms in the Quran to indicate which of these words are in Suriania. He then states that the only supreme, the, he then states that only the supreme pole, Al-Ghaut, Al-Qutb Al-Ghaut, and the seven poles of the initiatic hierarchy below him know the Suriania, which he learned within a month from another initiate and which he taught his disciple Al-Lamati in one day. Finally, the Quran is written on the preserved table, Allah al-Mahfuz, in Arabic and in Suriania, where the part in Suriania are the isolated letters placed at the beginning of some chapters. Only two categories of people know the meaning of the isolated letters, the one who can look in the preserved table and the one who attends the Diwan al-Awliya. Out of curiosity, it should be added that these words of Abdelbar are also briefly summarized by the Emir Abdelkader al-Jazairi in his book, Reminder to the Intelligent, Notice to the Indifferent, Zikr al-Aqil wa Tambi al-Ghafil, written in uh, 1855 and translated and published in France three years later in 1858. In conclusion, it is necessary to emphasize that the quotations found in Islamic esoteric literature in relation to the Suriania language do not refer to the historical Syriac language, but to the Islamic version of the esoteric and mystical language found in different epochs in different religious contexts. While Ibn Arabi is not explicit about this language, some of his successors will deal with this issue in detail over the centuries. But despite this, the real nature of this language and all its implications remain one of the best kept mysteries of Islamic esotericism to this day. Thank you very much.